Welcome back, my friends. We are here on another episode of the Lunch Table Podcast. Thanks, Dustin Lynch, for introing us in here tonight. Uh, got my boy Bobby Mitchell here with me. What's going on, brother? What's going on, my man? You doing all right? Pretty good. How's your uh, How's your week going so far? It ain't too bad, buddy. Had Sunday off. You know, I thought it was going to be a pretty good Sunday, and it started good. In the middle, it was kind of bad and was pissing me off and then at the end i could have threw something through the tv but monday's all right we've been busy got a couple of big launches coming up this week that jordan five retro organ ducks that's nice i feel like that one's gonna be a big one so we'll see see how that goes but buddy i'm i don't know about you but i'm i'm pumped up we've only got two more days until we get to watch patty daddy go to work and then sunday buddy even though I'll be at work, I know you're gonna. I don't know if you're working or not, but it's it's time to go, buddy. Absolutely, that was one thing I was going to talk to you about first. Is we have no more Sundays now to the rest of the year without football. Oh, it's yeah. awesome! And you know we're one week closer to going down there to Bristol again. Oh yes, I mean, sir, buddy. We got what basically basically yeah. a week almost. So yeah, yeah so man, that... I'm ex- I'm excited. But how's your how's your week going down there to good old three seven four? Uh, it's been all right so far. I mean. We had a we had a door malfunction happen today. Monica called me about, so hopefully we'll get that fixed soon. But, oh uh, wow! Okay, yeah. Hopefully yeah. that gets taken care of. So yeah, but so far so good. We we ended the week last week on a pretty high note. Climbed all the way up there, got up for the week and sales. So I'll right. take that. Yep, especially with times like these, buddy. You can never take anything yeah. for granted, especially in retail. Yeah, and you know, any week that we can keep the big guy up in Beckley quiet is uh, a good week for me. You know <laughs> yeah, oh, I feel I feel you because now, I mean, now I have to deal with him more. And don't get me wrong, he doesn't bother me. But then there's, I'm like you, buddy. We've been on both ends of the stick, and yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like you. I rather him say, you know what, give yourself a pat on the back and I add a boy from old KT. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like you, buddy. You got to got to keep that man, you know. Shh. Yep. But uh, I figured we'd start uh, this week off with some headlines. You know, our main topic this week is going to be uh, the NFL. The first weekend of NFL returns this weekend, and I got our little our little game set up that we're going to try and do uh, for all 17 weeks is pick 10 games that we think are going to be the best games to talk about, discuss, and pick, and then we'll see which one of us gets the most correct, and then we'll keep tally of that all through the year. But, uh, no, we'll start with our headlines for the week. Our first headline was the biggest free agent in the NFL finally fell off the board, and I think uh, we can both agree that we were kind of waiting on this one. But uh, Jadavion Clowney, he signed a one-year deal with the Tennessee Titans. Now, there was rumors out that he was also being looked at by the, the New Orleans Saints, but uh, obviously – him and his agent got the deal done with the Titans. And uh, I'm not going to lie, buddy, I think that's a pretty good move for a team that was just one game away from the Super Bowl last year. Oh, yeah, buddy, I agree. When you can get a guy of that caliber, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. that can basically sack the quarterback and put pressure at all times, man. <laughs> God. Bless you. Yeah, bless you, from friend. <clears throat> no, I do. I got like – applesauce stuck in my throat there but all right i think i'm good to go now so excuse me <laughs> on that but yeah dude uh like basically what i was saying you got a guy that can sack the quarterback non-stop you've got a guy that can put pressure i feel like i don't know about you buddy but Clowney can cover pretty good when he's 
kind of in that linebacker position, even though he's hardly ever in it. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like you do. When their offense is kind of, I guess, based on Derrick Henry, I think we both can agree to that. Absolutely. <clears throat> it takes pressure now, I guess, off of, like, Ryan Tannehill and that offense to basically, oh, guys, we have to score because, you know, like our offense is just eh. So, in our def- – I mean, their defense played solid last year. But now, mm-hmm. since they're adding that piece – and I really feel like, don't get me wrong, I think Jacksonville's just not even in the question. And I, when you've got Deshaun, let's see, who's in that division? you got Deshaun and Phillip Rivers now? Yep. So, I mean, that you've got to have a pass rusher, buddy, that can get to the quarterback. And I'm like you, with them being one game away last year, now it puts them even more dangerous to get up there. And I don't know about you, buddy, but there was one – I saw one – trade rumor where Jacksonville was going to sign him and then trade him to somebody. I think it was Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I think that was the deal with the Saints as well. As, uh, I think it was trying. It was going to be a sign and trade. They were going to try to sign him and then trade him. Uh, one of the teams on there I think I read was Cleveland. I mean, I'm don't oh, quote wow. me on this, anybody that's listening, but I, I did see that I think on the ESPN bottom line. Uh, so it was a lot of stuff going down for Jadavion Clowney, uh, but he did end up – Finding my home in Tennessee, and you know, Javion Clowney to me is—I mean—he's not like a like a Von Miller or you know. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm speaking of Von Miller. You know, prayers up for him. I just got the alert on my phone about an hour ago about his oh yeah his injury. Season. So yeah. uh, hopefully, you know, sounds to me like his season's over. But you know, prayers up that he gets a full recovery and mm-hmm. you know can come back soon. But I wouldn't put Javion in like a, a a Von Miller or anybody like that type of pass rusher. Khalil Mack yet because I think Jadavion Clowney's kind of inconsistent. Yeah, like he's got he's got highlight plays and then he jumps off the screen and then you know he go you get two quarters and you don't even know he's playing. So you know maybe he can turn that around in Tennessee, but uh, that's definitely a big pickup for them and definitely was a a need because I don't really know of uh, another pass rusher or anybody on Tennessee's defense that comes to my mind. Do you? Not not really off the no. top of my head. So yeah, so that was definitely a good sign for them. Uh. But, yeah, so hopefully that works out good for him. But our second uh, headline of the week, we'll go over some NBA talk here. Uh, currently, the Clippers uh, last night took a 2-1 lead on Denver, and uh, Boston leads 3-2 to on the Raptors. And I know that the games are going on tonight, but current before tonight, um, Milwaukee is down 3-1 to to the Miami Heat, which is probably the biggest shocker. Mm-hmm. Out of these uh, first round, and then uh, the Lakers and Rockets, they play tonight at nine. But before this game tonight, they are even at one and one. But I just wanted to kind of ask you real quick uh, on these games and these series, what's the thing that's kind of stood out to you the most? I mean, obviously, besides Milwaukee just getting their tail handed to them, but like uh, anything else kind of stood out to you in these four series so far? Yeah, I'm like you. I'm not going to really say <clears throat> Milwaukee and Miami. Just because I feel like Miami's been a consistent team all year, and in the regular season they actually beat Milwaukee a couple of times, so I'm not really mm-hmm. shocked. And for the people that's listening, as of right now at nine fifteen, there is 36 seconds left, and I'm pretty sure Miami's going to win. They're up by uh, nine right now. Yeah, but honestly, buddy, I mean it's not coming off as a shocker to me. But some of these people, I think maybe you can jump in on this. I would honestly say, buddy. The Raptors being down 
to the Celtics, buddy, they should have been they should have lost four to one, if you want me to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. they had that miraculous shot to where they won and then they outplayed Boston in uh game four, but they're down three to two. A lot of people would say, Hey man, this is a defending champion, you know, like they've still got besides Kawhi, obviously, they've still got really good solid players in my opinion, from Lowry and so who else who else plays for them? Uh, Saul, uh, Siakam, Siakam. Um, and Sergi Baca, they're, they're guys. So, I mean, that one's kind of caught me off guard. And then, honestly, buddy, I thought Denver last night should have won the entire they, – they had the game and they just blew it with about five minutes left. So, honestly, mm-hmm. if the Clippers would have lost, probably that would have been my biggest shocker because I don't think anybody really has Denver pulling off an upset against probably – the third or second best team since Milwaukee's been put out, probably the second best team overall in the playoffs because the way they can fire up on all cylinders. And I think Paul George is finally starting to get back into that. Hey, you know, I'm still here. All these people doubting me and trash talking me about how I've played. So we'll see how that goes. But honestly, man, I would just go with the Raptors and Celtics series, man, because that could have easily already been over and I've been high on Boston. So if they end up winning the next game, who knows? I'm telling you, buddy, that Miami and Boston game, watch out game seven. I'm going to go ahead and say it. That is going to be probably one of the best series if it happens. So what do you think? What's been the biggest shock to you so far? Yeah. Um, you kind of touched on everything I was, I was going to lead into, but definitely the, I mean, especially for me, because I think on our last episode, um, or maybe it's two episodes ago, uh, either one, but I, I was really high on Toronto, and they, I mean, they, they dug themselves out of the hole that they put them in, but they were down 0-2 and looked like they had uh, very little heartbeat left uh, to their playoff life, but uh, they have, you know, climbed back in, and I think that late uh, shot in Game 3 kind of ignited a big run for them. Um, they did get beaten game five uh, last night, but you know they they are only down three two. They can easily even it up and maybe make it a game seven. But you know I was really high on Toronto going into that series, and it's kind of shocked me that they haven't played as well as I thought they would. Um, mm-hmm. No disrespect to Boston, there there's some tough dudes on that team, but I thought the Raptors, the way they played in the first round, would would at least you know have the upper hand. I would think I would have thought it would have been them up three to two instead of the other way around. And then, um, just like you mentioned, um, with the Clippers and Denver, the Clippers, you know, they are up two to one, but that, that one should have been and easily could have been, uh, two to one in favor of Denver because Denver led almost that entire game last night. And, you know, the Clippers, they buckled down and they, uh, brought it home in the end. But, uh, it's like you said, Paul George has finally stepped out of that, uh, that slump he was in at the beginning of the at the bubble and the beginning of the playoffs. He you know he had 32 again last night, coming off a game a couple games ago where he almost went for 40. So uh, you know he's definitely stepped up for that team. But you know the thing that's actually kind of stood out to me the most is I mean and you're a big fan of this guy and so am I. But Russell Westbrook man has just been not very good in this series so not, far with the Lakers. Yep, I agree. Not Russell Westbrook because, buddy, they the Lakers in game two, how many times, dude, did they leave him wide open from the three-point line? Mm-hmm. And a typical person being like, oh, Russell Wilson, give me that at least, I don't know, 
what would be a fair number, 75% of the time? And I'm like you, buddy. It's, there's some shots he can't hit the broad side of a barn, and he couldn't hit water if he fell out of the boat. Mm-hmm. So, I I mean, I would talk – I mean, that series can go – don't get me wrong. I think the Lakers are going to win. But I'm like you, buddy. That's one series that I could see going seven games, maybe probably six, mm-hmm. because Houston's got the talent to compete with uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. But – I'm like you, man. Russell Westbrook used to – I don't know what's gotten in his head, dude, or just what's wrong with Russell Westbrook, man, but I just don't feel like he's the same – kind of the same player as he used to be. Don't get me wrong. He still gets the triple doubles. But I'm like you, man. Shooting-wise, this dude used to be lights out the majority Mm -hmm. of the time and has hit big shots. And I'm like you, now people are just – it's kind of like the Ben Simmons game. You know how they just give him – 15 feet of space, and they're basically looking at him and say, shoot to beat me. Yeah. And that's basically what they're doing with uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, Russell Westbrook is probably the most athletic point guard to ever play in the NBA. I mean, you've got Derrick Rose, Allen Iverson. You've got those people that you can throw in there. But, uh, I mean, Russell Westbrook is a is a really, really good basketball player. But I'm like you, unless he's driving to the basket, making those circus layups that he's so good at, I mean, they're basically daring him to shoot, and they say, oh, we don't need to guard you 10, 15, even 20 feet out from the basket because it's just he's not mm-hmm. been hitting them very consistently. So he's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to get in the gym and maybe do some shoot-arounds before the games or whatever. I don't know what the protocols are for this bubble, but, you know, uh, he needs to definitely kind of get that rust off and, and turn back into Russell Westbrook if the Rockets want to have a chance to win the series. I mean, James Harden has been, you know um, – on fire in these playoffs besides maybe one or two games, but he's been doing his thing. But the Rockets definitely need their two-headed monster to be two-headed against the Lakers to have a chance. But I'm like you, I I still believe the Lakers probably win that series in six. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, Anthony Davis is just a a mismatch in that series. And if the Lakers use them correctly, it could easily be over in five. If they do, just like they did the other night, they just feed him and feed him and let him take advantage of – that small ball that the that the Rockers, Rockets like to play. But, yeah, those are the things that have kind of stood out to me. And then our last headline, and I've been kind of waiting to get your take on this one, but our last headline was uh, about the race, and it was Kevin Harvick won uh, the very first playoff race of the 2020 season for the Cup Series at Darlington uh, after a late race incident involving your boy, Chase Elliott and Martin Truex says they came together in turns one and two with about, I think it was like 14, 15 laps to go. Yeah, sounds about right. And uh, let the Kevin Harvick uh, drive on by and and automatically lock himself into round two with that win. So he's definitely sitting pretty there. But uh, I just wanted to uh, (laughs) let you go, let you uh, feed my. uh, feed my energy here for about five minutes and <laughs> let me know how you felt about uh, that race uh, Sunday night. Well, i tell you what, buddy. At the beginning of the race, it kind of seemed as like the prediction that I basically said of this Darlington redemption for Chase. For me, buddy, it started off pretty good. We had to bet probably the fastest car. We ran the fastest laps. I think we led the first, what, 80-something 80, 80 laps? 82. And then we kind of fell off in the middle. And then at the end, we finally had that good – I feel like we actually had a good strategy, and luckily we got that caution to help it even more. But here – this is what I'm going to say about it. What have I always told you lately about Martin Truex Jr.? 
go ahead and tell the people how I feel about Martin Trix Jr. lately. He kind of makes excuses for himself. So here, here is my, here's my thing. And before I get going, I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to respond. But when he comes on the air, and for instance, how he's been in the league, he'll go, he'll come on the air and be like, hey, Clayton, get these guys out of my way. I can't believe these lap cars cost me the win, and they need to learn how to get out of the way, and they're too slow, and if they're five laps down, we need to get them off the track. So you're crying about that. So, buddy, my question to you is, if you're going to complain about that, how can you go Sunday? And I understand this is 15 laps to go. It's the NASCAR playoffs. I understand that you got to basically put the pedal to the metal. But how can you basically go down into turn one? And we both know at Darlington, if you're going side by side, you're basically not going to make it because you can watch from the truck race. You can definitely watch from the uh, Xfinity race about how it ended. It just blows my mind that this guy basically just drives into turn one and just automatically clears himself and puts us basically in the wall. And then he has the nerve to get out of the car and say, well, you know, I thought I was there and I thought basically the nine was going to give it to me. What, mm-hmm. what, how do you feel about that? And then I'll let the people, I'll, I'll go off about it, but you can't, you can't have two narratives in mind. You can't be mad about, Lap cars doing something that cost you to win, and then you're just being an idiot and basically throwing the race away for yourself, too. So I'll kind of let you answer that and tell me how you felt about it. Then I'll, then I'll give the people and you what you want for about five minutes, and you grab your popcorn. <laughs> so my, my stance on this, I, I had a, you know, a fairly objective stance on this um, when it happened because I'm trying to see the bigger picture, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you know, it's a, it's the first playoff race. It's hard to pass at Darlington. You got to take whatever you can get. And my my stance on this got affirmed. I, I listen to Dave Moody a lot, right? You and I yep. both do. But Absolutely. I was listening to his stance on this on yesterday on the way home. And the way he put it was the way Martin Truex is thinking in that situation is if I go in there, I'm side by side. I'm gonna make. I've got to make Chase make a decision. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes down there. He he goes to the bottom. He tries to come up, and he's literally inches away. He's like, if I clear him, you know, I'm gonna be good. But I've got to I've got to be close enough to where I've got to make Chase make a decision whether to lift and and not wreck, or we're both gonna go into the fence. And obviously, Chase, with no blame, I, I don't blame him whatsoever. I probably would have done the same thing. He said, no, I'm lifting. He basically played the game of I'm not lifting. You're gonna have to lift, or we're both gonna wreck. So. Mm-hmm. That that's the way I look. I don't I don't really place blame on either one of them. I thought it was hard racing. Uh, I didn't agree with what he said at the end of the race. Like I thought, you know, he should let me in. I I don't think you would probably say that. I mean, mm-hmm. you probably just go in there and be like, hey, look, you know, I was trying to floor it in there. I I tried to make it stick. It didn't work. You know, that's what it is. What it is. Don't try to make it sound like he caused it and and she caused it or whatever. You know, don't be that person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was just trying to understand, like, the the mentality of it. Like, yes, he's going to dive in there and be like, if I go here and I start to slide up, Chase is going to have to make a decision. Am I going to lift or are we both going to wreck? And Chase is thinking, is he going to dive in here? Is he going to come up? Am I going to lift? Or is he going to lift and, and not come up into me or are we both going to wreck? So it was – that was kind of my stance on it. I, you know, I wanted Chase to win out of everybody up there. 
Um, so I was disappointed in that because, I mean, we've watched Kevin Harvick win, what is it, nine races now? Something eight races. Like that, eight, somewhere uh, around there. So, I mean, I was bummed at that, but, I mean, the objective just fan in me thought it was fun to watch two guys go at it because, I mean, it was like four or five, six laps. They just had the camera on the 19 and the 9, and they, you could see the 19 sizing him up, and, and then Chase took his line away, and he had to find an, It was fun to watch. I hated that they both took themselves out and finished 20th and 22nd, respectively, but, you know, I thought it was entertaining. I mean, if, if the next two races of this round are as entertaining as that race, I, I signed me up. Um, mm. that's all I'm going to say about it. I'll let you, I'll let you finish it off. <laughs> see what right. you think so about what I said. I can, I can see your and Dave Moody's point. So that I'm not like, I don't blame anybody for having that point of view, but my thing, like, here's my objective has people done this before to where basically you're trying to get all that you can get. Yes. But, man, when you've still got 14 to 15 laps to go, I can understand making that type of move with maybe two laps to go or even on the final lap. I'm totally – I can totally see that. But when you drive down into turn one and you basically are just going to clear yourself and you give no craps about the guy in second, in my opinion – and mm-hmm. you basically just go smack into the wall and ruin your race, and then you just had the audacity to get out of your car and basically say, like I said a minute ago, oh, well, you know, if it was my fault, I would apologize, but, you know, I thought I had the position, and, you know, I figured the nine would just give it to me. So what's Chase supposed to do, Martin Trex Jr.? Oh, well, this is the 19 car, and he's got maybe, you know, I've got my left front tire about on the back side of his corner panel, you know what? Yeah, let me just let me just go ahead and just say, you know what? I'm going to pull off the gas. I'm not going to win for Napa. I'm not going to win for Jimmy Johnson and this special throwback. I don't want to put myself into mm-hmm. the next round because I've got Richmond coming up and I suck there. Yeah, let mm-hmm. me just let me just let off the gas. Yeah. You you have got to be kidding me with that type of idiotic statement in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like you can't you can't cry about people wrecking you and being in your way. And then you basically do the same thing and you basically take out a guy and yourself and then you expect people to just, what, feel sorry for you because you've done that? Mm-hmm. Like, we have got to be better than that because Martin Trix Jr. is an experienced guy. He knows what he's doing. And I'm sorry, yeah, don't get me wrong. If he would have let off the gas chase, probably, in my opinion, and you can disagree or agree, but if they would have went side by side, Chase probably would have passed him back on the high side anyway. Mm-hmm. So just make that type of move, buddy, when when it's only two or one to go, not 15. And here's another problem that I have, too. How many times has somebody hit the wall like that and there's always been a caution mm-hmm. immediately? So what are, what are we doing, NASCAR? Like, are we going to just throw kind of these BS cautions when two chase cars aren't involved? Or are you just doing it because – Oh wow, these are two playoff guys. What's let's see what happens if they have to pit or if they can keep going and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it's just I mean, buddy, I'm I'm upset about it because I feel like don't get me wrong, did the nineteen have the best car? Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. But then just we we have got to be smarter than that, and it just makes me mad because that's two Darlington races in a row where a Joe Gibbs car has basically taken out Chase Elliott for the most god awful Stupid reasons. Yeah. And another thing that I heard too on the morning drive 
like with Mike Bagley and Pete Bastone, when Kyle Bush wrecked Chase, he immediately got out and was like, hey, you know what? That was my fault. I misjudged yep. it. I took him out. That one's on me. Martin mm-hmm. Trex Jr. needs to grow a pair, in my opinion, and just be like, you know what? I went in there. I thought I was clear. My spotter told me I was clear. I went up. I took us both out. That's my bad. Feel bad for the nine team. Okay. I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. It's just It just upsets me, buddy, that the guy just acts like he did nothing wrong, and he always thinks he does nothing wrong. And it's just he's becoming the crybaby, in my opinion. I'm starting to become not really a Martin Tricks Jr. fan, not only not just because of, it involved my driver, but it's just I'm not I'm not been a big fan of his just because of the way he's crying. So I mean, we'll see how we'll see how we'll uh, come back. I felt like it was going to be a good start, even if we would have finished second, we would have had a, probably about a thirty point cushion. Now I think we've only got like fourteen. Richmond's not the best track. Hopefully, we'll pull something together to where we can have a consistent run. And then Bristol, hopefully, we'll have a repeat of the all-star race. But mm-hmm. other than that, buddy, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was I was highly upset because I felt like that should have been about win, possibly number five or six that we should have had. So yeah. I got one more question I wanted to ask you about this before we move on to the NFL. And that was you're uh, talking about – like if it was lap four, lap five. This is this is why I think that uh, Truex did make the move when he needed to make the move, mm-hmm. and it was because of what happened in the turn before. And you know, me watching it, you know, three to four laps behind, we seen Chase move up to the top to block Truex's line that he was just catching him on each lap on the top and three and four, and then that lap, Chase goes back down to the bottom, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, why did he do that? Like that, that's what gave Truex the run. Mm-hmm. And you know, whether Chase said in the in the interview, he said he was look, he was checking down there to see if there was anything down there. That's cool, but you get that's you gave him the run, and that's why Truex took the run. And then that led to the the cat and mouse game that we just talked about. Each one of them's like, I'm I'm here. Are you gonna lift? And then Truex is like, Well, I'm here. I'm gonna slide up. Is Chase gonna lift? That, that that led to the game. But I do think that he had to take that because I don't know if he was gonna get that type of run again. Mm-hmm. What what did you think? I didn't I didn't know why Chase went down. I, I was really upset that he went down to the bottom in that turn because I knew it was gonna happen. See, I I'm knew what was gonna happen. I agree with you because when I first saw it, I said, Oh, you gotta be kidding me because I saw the 19 go high. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not a NASCAR driver. I don't know what that track's ever been like. Have I been mm-hmm. on it? Yes, but have I been going 180 miles per hour around it? I can understand Chase's point of, you know what? I want to see if maybe there was grit down there on the bottom because Buddy Harvick runs that line the entire race and makes That's time. True. So I can understand his point of going down there, but do I think he probably should have? No. Now. Can can I sit here and vouch for it on what he did? No, not really, because I, I'm not going to lie, buddy. I thought it was stupid, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I thought it was interesting to where he basically said, I was seeing if he was baiting me to get off the top and see if there was, like, you know, if there was a line down there to where Truex was making up time. Because if you've got the fastest car, I think you're going to make up time regardless. But I'm like, mm-hmm. you, I mean – do I understand him for taking that run? Yes. But then also, I put a lot of blame on the spotter, too, 
by basically mm-hmm. saying that Martin Truex Jr. was clear before he even went into the turn, and we were still side by side. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Clayton Hughes, buddy, like, yeah, I, you're probably one of the best spotters there is. But you can't be clearing somebody when we haven't even went into the turn fully yet. So, I mean, I'm like you, buddy. I don't know what Chase was thinking. But, I mean, I guess you've, you've got to figure out and you've got to go down there to see if there's time, to see if there's maybe better grip down there. But I'm like you. If he would have held his line, maybe it would have ended differently. Maybe if somehow Martin maybe would have – maybe he thought if Martin would have went up high, maybe he thought he could have scraped the wall a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you never – I'm like you, buddy. You never know what these guys are thinking, but – we all learn from mistakes. I'm pretty. Chase is really smart. He's kind of classy. Mm-hmm. He's not going to throw anybody under the bus. He'll take full blame. So I'm like you. I think he's too good of a driver not to bounce back and you know learn from that type of mistake. And hopefully next time, if he's in the lead, whether it be at Darlington or whether it be at Kansas or anything like that, and he can look back on Darlington and say, you know what, if the high line is the preferred line, just stick with mm-hmm. it. And if somebody passes you. And you know what, dude? They pass you. Oh, well. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I'm not a race car driver, like you said before. I've never drove a, a car like that, especially on Darlington. But, you know, if it was me, I would have probably – I mean, it's easy to, you know, Monday morning quarterback uh, mm-hmm. on the on the sofa here that I'm sitting on. But, you know, <laughs> uh, what what I would have probably done is if, if that's where the line is and that's where he wants to be and that's where the time is for me – I'm going to run the top every lap until he proves that he can pass me because mm-hmm. he hadn't proved that he could pass him. He would get to him and get to him, and then he just couldn't get there. But So, I mean, if I'm chasing that situation, I probably would have liked to have seen him stay on the top and make Truex do it the hard way and go on the bottom. Uh, but like you said, it's it's easy to sit here and say that when we've never drove. But also, before we move on, another shout-out to our, our man Austin Dillon, finished second in the Darlington race. Uh, somebody that neither one of us picked and thought he was going to be a lock to to get eliminated in the first round sits in eighth right now in the playoffs. So, I mean, there's still two races left, but uh, definitely not a bad start for him and his team there. But uh, let's get started with these NFL picks. I'm excited for these. It's it's so cool to actually sit here and say that we've got football to look forward to. It feels like this this year has been so weird and different. It just it just feels even better than normal to say that we've got football to watch on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm really excited to do this game. Uh, hopefully, if Daniel ever uh, can get back on here with us, we hope he does. But uh, he can he can join in in our game as with us as well. But uh. First, uh, we'll do our 10 picks. I've got 10 games here that are highlighted. These are not necessarily maybe uh, like the best games or anything like that, but I think they're the 10 most interesting with maybe storylines that we can go on. And each and it will be different teams each week based on the games and stuff. But uh, the first 10 I've got here, uh, we'll start with the very first one, and it's the Thursday night kickoff game. It's actually the – uh, on NBC Thursday night, it's the defending Super Bowl champions and Patrick Mahomes versus the now rich man at quarterback, Deshaun Watson, and the Houston Texans. So let's just uh, get right down to it. Who wins the very first game in the NFL season? I'm like you, man. I'm excited. Uh, it sucks. A lot of these teams at the first part of the season don't have any fans. I know a couple of them do. Mm-hmm. Uh Hopefully we'll get to the point to where fans can be back, especially with Atlanta. I always go down there and watch them. They're not having 
anybody right now, but I'm like you, we got a guy that's basically out to prove himself with a new contract and a whole lot of money, not Patrick Mahomes money, but still pretty good money mm-hmm. coming on a guy that basically how I just said, you got the freaking mega million dollar man, billion dollar, gazillion dollars, whatever you want to call it coming off the Super Bowl, just a probably just insane team dude and how much talent they have. But honestly, buddy, I don't, I'm going to go ahead and say it on air. I don't think this game's even going to be close. I think Kansas City's going to blow out Houston. Okay. If you you just want me to be straight, just straightforward with you. Because you got a team that doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, who, by the way, got paid today as well with Arizona, going to be there for another two years. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, buddy, I just don't know who Houston has. I mean, who who do they have on offense now besides – I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Defense, you still got J.J., but can you really rely on him because he's always hurt now? Mm-hmm. You don't well, have Houston. They've got uh, the guy got Whittle, got Brandon, Brandon Cooks, Brandon yeah. Cooks, Will Fuller. Um, their tight end is no joke, uh, and they do have David Johnson. You know, just two year, two or three years ago, we talked about David Johnson being the best running back in the league. You know, so I mean, if mm-hmm. he can get back to semi form, that's a good weapon. And I mean, Deshaun yeah. Watson's Deshaun Watson, so. I, I do agree with you, though. I think I'd pick Kansas City to win this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of emotion and stuff behind it being the first game. Uh, there's going to be some rust because there's no preseason uh, for these guys to kind of get warmed up into. So I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, but I do think I will take Kansas City. Alrighty, So we both pick, pick the Chiefs. Yep. And then I guess I'll, I'll throw you a little tiebreaker since you don't think it's going to be a blowout. I'll – I'll go with – now, my man, even though we've got another draft tomorrow, by the way, my man is about to light up the scoreboard and give me about 30 <laughs> or 40. So, I guess in case, like, since we picked the same team and if we tie, I'll give you a score. I'll go with Kansas City, I'm going to say 38, and I'll go with Houston 20. So, I'm going to go 38 to 20, Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. I'll do uh, – I'll I, I see. I'll go 31-27. All right. All right. 31-27. So is, it, so is the game come down to maybe one of these two-minute drives, or do you feel like basically it's going to be over and somebody just runs out of downs? I think – let's see. I'm, I'm going to predict that Kansas City is up and Deshaun Watson has one more chance and they don't get it done. That's what I'm okay. going to guess. All righty. All right. Game two. Uh this one's uh, close to my uh, heart. The uh, one o'clock games now on Sunday. We've got Green Bay versus Minnesota. All right. And I'm just going to go out and I'm going to pick first on this one. I'm picking Minnesota. <laughs> All righty. So feed me. Tell me about. Tell me why are you going to pick the Minnesota well, Vikings? Well, you know, I, I know that there's no fans in Minnesota, but it is at home, and. Uh, I mean, we've talked. We've talked all since April when we did, when we started this podcast and we covered the draft. I wasn't impressed with Green Bay's draft at all. I wasn't impressed with Green Bay's free agency at all. Uh, no disrespect to Aaron Rodgers, but I think they're just the same team that they were last year. Kind of like a. I thought they were an overrated two seed. I thought they were a thirteen and three team that was probably more of the ten and six range. Um, when you add, I mean, we've got everybody back on Minnesota: Kirk, Dalvin. Uh, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, the rookie's gonna he's gonna be a 
number two receiver. We added Yannick to the defense that was already loaded. Uh, I think Minnesota's going to go in there and steal game one uh, from Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So is it in Minnesota, basically, even though like fans aren't there? Yes, it's in Minnesota. It's in U.S. Bank. I'm going to pick Minnesota to win 20. I'm going to pick them to win 28 to 20. 28 to 20. All righty. So <clears throat> I think this is probably going to be one of the best games on Sunday because this is one of the games, even though you're a Minnesota fan, I always enjoy watching these games because these games are so intense. There's so much trash talk. There's always uh, great football played in one of the probably the toughest divisions there is. But with artificial crowd noise, I still feel like, buddy, you're going to do that skull chant every before every game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this this is where it comes down for me, and you can jump in since you're a Minnesota fan. Mm-hmm. Can Kirk Cousins finally lead you to like a better promised land? Because I feel like your defense on paper stout, mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous from Harrison Smith to uh do you still have Anthony Barr? Sure do. And then you've got uh Yannick just like you added. Daniel. I, think you, I think yeah Daniel Hunter. Get me hype. <clears throat> so defensive side, I don't think you guys have any worries. It's just like that offense buddy with can you replace the digs with Justin Jefferson? Even though you still got Kyle Rudolph who's probably one of the better probably one of the best tight ends there is even though he doesn't have a lot of like yards and touchdowns I really think to show for what he truly is he does a lot he's a red zone tight end that does a lot of dirty work blocking Mm -hmm. so I mean it's just one of those if Aaron because I'm like you I agree you hit the nail on the head Aaron Rodgers has really never had any help and they never really go and add any help and I feel like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of drama in there because basically he's pissed off because Jordan Love is in there now and he's just Mm -hmm. like are you going to take my job Mm -hmm. so it's just can like can Kirk just deliver for you? That is the only only thing that I am afraid of for y'all. But honestly, in this game being the first one of the year, I feel like with y'all playing at home, even though there is no fans, I feel like that still has some advantage no matter what team it is. So I'm actually gonna go with a score of twenty-four to twenty-one Minnesota. Okay. And I feel like your boy, it'll be tied with about a minute. Green Bay will probably score a touchdown with about 220 left on the clock. And I feel like your boy drives you down the field. And we'll see if uh, – do you still have Mr. Old Dan Bailey? Sure do. We will More see. reliable. We will see Dan Bailey kick. I'm going to go with about a 38-yard field goal. All right. As time expires. So, Minnesota 24, Green Bay Packers 21. So, two KCs and two Minnesotas so far. All right, let's jump to game three. We talked about my team. Let's talk about your team. (laughs) Seattle versus Atlanta. All right. So, I feel like this might be where our first first, – Either way will go, but already I'm a little bit biased. So I mean, I'll give I'm I'll start with Seattle. Russell Wilson is a very dangerous man. I feel like their offense from uh, God. I'm trying to think of who they have on there now, but you've got what well, Carson is the running back. You've got who they uh, still have Metcalf, Metcalf, uh, Metcalf Baldwin. Uh, they got Tyler Lockett. They still have. They don't do. They still have Doug Baldwin on their team. 
Uh, that I don't think so. Okay. Now I'm like you, Russell Wilson. The past couple of years, buddy, has just been basically a one man team. Basically, can drive his team up and down the field. But defensive wise, man, honestly, I think I saw the other day Seattle only has about the 25th rush attempt on defense. I don't really think their pass defense is really that great. And this is where Atlanta on that side of the ball can eat up Seattle, in my opinion, from an experienced guy with Matt Ryan to the best wide receiver, in my opinion, in football to Julio Jones. And now we get to see hopefully a healthy Todd Gurley. And buddy, I feel like him going back to the state of Georgia in general, it's just gonna, that that is going to put him as to like, hey, I'm home. I'm going to show everybody why I came here. I'm going to show all these doubters that basically I'm still TG3. And I feel like, honestly, buddy, I feel like that's going to be the difference because I feel like we're going to be able to run the ball better and I think we'll be able to pass the ball. It's just I hope that I see the Atlanta Falcons defense that I saw in the final about six weeks of the season show up to where we basically were competing with the big boys. So I feel like I'm going to go Atlanta 27, and I will go with the Seattle Seahawks at 24. So – I feel like we will hold Russell Wilson on four downs to basically seal the game. So let's go, Matty Ice and Julio Jones. It's time to it's time. It's time to make that run to the ship. So you you make a very compelling argument that makes me really want to rethink this. But you know, I'm I'm not gonna go chalk. I'm I'm not I'm gonna, you know, disagree with you a little bit here on Go some ahead. of these to make it go more ahead. fun. Why go ahead uh, and pick your MVP for the season? Yep, I, 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 you you went right there. I, my pick to win MVP for the year was Russell Wilson, and I'm not going to pick my MVP to lose his first game. That's right. So uh, I, I'm no, a roll with I'm a roll with the Seahawks, but I do have this game as a shootout because you you touched on the defense, and I think the Seahawks have a decent defense. I think the the Falcons have a decent defense, but I think both offenses are better. Because mm-hmm. Seattle, led by Russell Wilson, they, they can he can be a magic man and put points up. And, I mean, we both know about Atlanta's offense. When they're clicking on all cylinders, they could be dangerous. So I actually think this game is going to be a shootout to the okay. end. Okay. But So my score for this game would be Russell Wilson and the Seahawks 38, Atlanta 34. All right. With a Russell Wilson piss you off. Last minute touchdown. Last minute touchdown. Okay. It's going to be 34 31, and then it's going to be one of those, ah, oh, what are we going to do? Here's Russell Wilson, one drive, and there it is. I think that I think that's going to be my prediction. So I've got 38 34 Seattle over Atlanta. So that's and our first the, disagreement. The true fan in me would not even be surprised, buddy, because that's just being, that's just being the state of a Georgia fan from being a Falcons fan. <laughs> to being the Atlanta Braves fan, to being the Georgia Bulldog fan, and apparently now the Chase, we might as well throw Chase in there too. I mean, yeah, I've had a lot of Georgia, you know, just Georgia on my mind just break my heart apparently. So, <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. All right, game four. Um, this game isn't as compelling as I wanted it to be because um, the um, the Dolphins did announce this week that Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter over to a Tagovailoa. So I thought we were going to have two brand new starters versus each other in this uh, in this game, but 
Uh, it's the first game of the New England Patriots without Tom Brady versus uh, the Miami Dolphins. And the Patriots quarterback now, obviously, is Cam Newton. So, uh, winner between the Cam Newton Patriots or the uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick Miami Dolphins. And I will I will go ahead and pick this one. I'm picking uh, New England. Okay. I'm going to pick the, pa- the uh, Cam Newton and the Pats to win their first game over the Miami Dolphins because I know last year Ryan Fitzpatrick had that freaking hot start. Was it two years ago where he had the hot start and started off 3-0? You never yeah, know. What you're like... He's either going to throw for 500 yards and look amazing or he's going to throw three interceptions and look terrible. So, I mean, I could be completely wrong on this one, but um, I'm going to go with uh, Bill Belichick and Cam Newton in their first game. Okay. Now, where's this game at? Is it in Miami or is it in New England? Um, that's a good question. Um, I do believe it might be in Miami, but I will double-check here really quick. And but, while I'm doing that, I'll give you my score for the for this game. I will do I'll – do, I'll do 28 to 17 pets. 28-17 okay. pets. I will go ahead and say this on air. It's in New I England, will, by the way. I will not be surprised – if the Miami Dolphins pull an upset in the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. I will not be shocked just because the way they ended, buddy. I'm like you, unfortunately, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'm like you, can throw for 500 yards and have five touchdowns and have his, you know, chest hair hanging out of his shirt like it's no big deal, all calm and cool. And then I'm like you, he can just suck. And just where you just want to look at him and say, buddy, shave that beard because we can't even see your chin strap inside of your beard. Mm-hmm. With the James Harden of the NFL is what that is. <laughs> so, but I'm not going to make a stupid pick like that, even though I can see it happening, buddy. And that is me being 100% down the line. But I will go just because of Bill Belichick is still the head coach. Cam Newton is eh. He's eh. That's all I'm going to say about that. So. I will actually go, buddy, believe it or not, with a lower score than you. I will actually go – I'm going to go New England 17 and Miami 13. Okay. Defensive I just, game, huh? Yeah, I just don't see – I'm not a big believer in Cam Newton. I still think he's still the Cam Newton that is below average anymore. He's not the MVP Cam that we saw. So, I feel like he'll he will be – I think he'll have a mediocre day. I feel like he'll pass for about 200. He'll probably run for about maybe 80 to 100 yards. And Sonny Michelle and Julian Edelman will probably help him balance that offense out. So I think he'll have a mediocre day. But I'm like you, buddy. When is when has New England really been a high-scoring, like, oh, wow, New England scored 38 today. It's always around, like, what, 20 to 24 all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So – Yep, I feel like it's going to be more of a defensive game. But I'm telling you, buddy, do not be surprised <laughs> if you look Sunday at about 4.15 and it says the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots. Do not be surprised. surprised. me at all. But I will not make that pick. So, yeah, I will <laughs> go with New England. <laughs> all right. All right, game five. It's our last one from our 1 o'clock slate here, and it's the Cleveland Browns versus the Baltimore Ravens. All right. Are you ready? I'm feed, ready. Feed me, Nick Chubb. Cleveland. I am going with the Cleveland Browns. Number one, 
I'm going to say this on the air, ladies and gentlemen, and this is for my people up there at 467. Lamar Jackson has been exposed. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, overrated. I will state that again. Overrated. Duh. Goodness gracious. The Tennessee Titans have you exposed. And the Tennessee <laughs> Titans have exposed, and this is no shot towards you, Stephen Collier, but Tennessee basically exposed on how you beat Lamar Jackson. I, we saw it, and they got blown out. But, buddy, I Cleveland, Cleveland has got so much talent on paper to where, honestly, dude, from Baker Mayfield to Nick Chubb to Odell to now Austin Hooper to Jarvis Landry, there is no excuse, buddy, as to why this offense can't march up and down the field on the Baltimore Ravens. Would you, would you agree? Uh, on paper, yes, I, I do agree. So this is where – do I feel like Lamar will probably have a good day? Yes. Do I feel like this is probably going to be a very close game? Yes. But I just feel like – buddy, I, I've just got this feeling about – Cleveland this year to where I think they can make a run at Baltimore and Pittsburgh for that uh, AFC North title. So I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. I think your boy Odell will have a – I'd say he'll have about six catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. I think Nick Chubb will easily get his 100 yards, as he almost does every week. But I feel like this is the time for Baker – this is his – year to basically prove why he is the starting quarterback for the Browns and why he could lead them basically back to the playoffs and be competitive. So I feel like he's got pressure on him. So I will go with the Cleveland Browns 24 and I will go with Baltimore. Are you ready? 23. All right. I feel like we will have a Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb and Odell and Jarvis and Austin Hooper drive at the end. Basically, where they'll kick a field goal with about 30 seconds to go, and you will force Lamar Jackson to throw the ball. And I just feel like he'll scramble too much, and basically, he'll get sacked, and I think he'll fumble. So, Miles Garrett better get up after Mr. Lamar Jackson. So, I will go with the Cleveland Browns, buddy. All right. Um, you know, where I'm going with this is I love me, you know, I love me some Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. is the man. Yeah, uh, there ain't nothing wrong with being second best. Miles My, Garrett is is a dangerous dude. Now I don't, you know, I don't condone no swinging helmets, but you know, we're I guess we'll get <laughs> we'll, we're past that. You know, we're we're gonna forget what? that. that yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm on. Um, hopefully, yes. Hopefully. Kevin Stefanski is a is a really good coach. Came from my came from my team. He's a really good offensive coordinator. And just to back you up on that, I think Baker Mayfield does lead the Cleveland Browns back to the playoffs in 2020. Okay. But they, All right. but, but they do not win this game. Because, because Kevin Stefanski's first game ever as a head coach, and you were going against somebody like Lamar Jackson. I know that he might have got exposed by the Titans, but I, I still think Lamar Jackson's dangerous. I'm not going to call him overrated. I think he's really, really good. I think he's really, really different. Um, so I, I do think this game is going to be close. I do think Cleveland is going to be much better than they were last year and kind of live up to the potential that they should have uh, from last year. But I do have the Baltimore Ravens winning 
this game, and I will go twenty. I will go twenty-eight to twenty-one. Okay. All right. Ravens over the Browns. So at least we have two that we disagree on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but uh, no, I do agree that Cleveland gets back on track, but I do yeah. not think that they get <clears throat> on track in week. One. Cleveland, buddy, I'm a, even though this is just a week one game, but I feel like Cleveland deep down really needs this. Mm-hmm. In all, in all honesty, because they do. You've got Lamar, you've got Mark Ingram, and these boys. They know. I mean, I'm like you, man. When Baltimore can click, they can click. But if if Cleveland can hold them like Tennessee did to basically kind of expose that and put him and Mark Ingram in check, buddy, I just don't see who Baltimore has after that because Hayden Hurst is now with Atlanta, which I forgot to mention that too. But I mean, <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see. I feel like this is probably going to be – I'm like you, buddy. This will be one of those games to where people will be flipping back and forth on the mm. 1 o'clock games. So, it'll be a good show. So yep. I, do have a, I do have one more 1 o'clock game here that I, that I put down here just so we had 10 because I know I put this one at the end. So, we can just do this one really quickly. Uh, but I do have the New York Jets versus the highly um, – Highly ranked, uh, maybe over, maybe a little bit overhyped Buffalo Bills. Uh, who do you have winning that game? Actually, I'll no see. I'll go first on this one. I do have, I do have Buffalo winning this game. I think Buffalo is just overall much better team than the Jets. No disrespect to my friend Wayne down in there in Florida, but uh, you know, just I think Josh Allen is is primed to have a, a breakout year. They they acquired Stephon Diggs. The Bills defense is uh, phenomenal. Uh, Sean McDermott's a very good coach, uh, so I do have the Bills uh, winning their first game against the Jets. Mm, I'm like you. I'll be anxious to see how a Stephon Diggs plays in a Buffalo Bills uniform, but I'm like you, buddy. Josh Allen, I think, is a little bit underrated. I don't think people give him a lot of credit uh, for what he does for them. And I'm like you, buddy. I think the Buffalo Bills, I, I don't even think it's going to be close. I, I'm not even going to try to give you a score prediction. <laughs> but I will say this. I do believe if the Jets have another bad year, Sam Darnold will not be the quarterback. Okay. It will either be a Trevor Lawrence or it will be a Justin Fields. All right. So I'm just – I'm not a big believer in Sam Darnold, unlike – you. Unlike your boy Wayne down there, who has him as what, like top ten quarterback? He's, he's on some type of yeah. I don't, I don't know what yeah, I don't know what we're <laughs> doing down there, Wayne. So if you ever want to jump on, buddy, I mean, yeah, come on and feed us about Sam Darnold. But yeah, I'm I'm not uh, Buffalo Bills, buddy. And it's it's not even close. All right, all right. Number seven. We are now into our mid afternoon games. We got four. Uh, we got four more games left here to pick. And it starts off with a big one. Buccaneers versus Saints. Ah, all right. Bandwagon <laughs> one versus bandwagon two. Who's going to win this game? <laughs> let, let me just tell you this story, buddy. I saw a guy today and yesterday that had bought him a new Tampa Bay hat yesterday and then came back and asked me if we had any Tampa Bay or New York Yankee stuff. And I said, no, buddy, we don't have anything like that for bandwagon people. And he didn't like that comment. So to the guy that didn't know where he was, because kids don't do drugs. That's, that's, that's a whole different topic. But already this buddy, even though I'm going to be at work, I will try to have my phone on for this game. Cause buddy, 
this one, give give me the popcorn because I'm I'm finally ready, buddy, to watch Tom Brady actually play some competition in the mm-hmm. division. Like, don't get me wrong, he played Josh Allen in the Bills, and that's basically been the only team that he's played because, yeah, Miami's had a couple of miracles that we all know about, but <sighs> – Buddy, I hate to say this, but Tampa Bay looks so good on paper. From TB12 to now Leonard Fournette to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski. I hate to do it, but I'm going to pick the sorry bandwagoners from New England, now down in Tampa, Florida with Tom Brady. I will go with Tampa Bay. Buddy, this is this is where – are you ready for my score prediction? Because I feel like this one is going to be the shootout. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Tampa Bay 45, and I will go with the Saints at 42. All right. I feel I like love it. I, I hope you're right. I hope it's 40. I, I'll, be, I'll be ready for that. Because I hate, I hate New Orleans, and I hate Tampa Bay. <laughs> so – this one right here, I'm kind of like you. It's kind of like you when you watch the Bears and Packers play. You wish they could just tie that you yeah. hit them so bad to where you want to look at your TV or TV. You throw it up, just you throw up, and then you just want to cover it and then take it outside and just smash it. Yep. So I mean, I just feel like Drew Brees with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Yes, that's great. It looks good on paper. The defense have gotten on the Saints have been better, but buddy, I just. I don't think I can go against Tom Brady. Now, I could be wrong. Tampa Bay could get blown out because we've seen where teams like this have been, looked really good on paper, buddy, and then they come out and they suck. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a new team. They haven't had their first game together yet. So, I don't know, buddy. I just can't go with an underrated Chris Godwin, especially mm-hmm. now with Tom Brady. Ugh, I hate to do it, buddy, but I'm going to go with – Sorry, Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Aints. So, yeah, give me give me old TB12. This one right here, out of all 10 games that we have on here, was the hardest for me to pick. And mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, I, I agree with you on your fact that it's a shootout. I do believe this game's a shootout. Despite both defenses being very good, I just think the offenses are better. And it's going to be part of feeding the emotion. It's going to be – it's going to be kind of one of those games like we watched the Chiefs and Rams a couple years ago where mm-hmm. it was just exciting. But I've got 41-38 to 38 as my final score, Saints. Mm. Oh, okay. Yep. I'm going to roll with Drew Brees, Kamara, Michael Thomas, the, you know, much as I hate to say it, it's not Odell, the best receiver in the NFL, Michael Thomas. Uh I do have them winning their first game against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So I'll go forty-one thirty-eight Saints. I'll, I will get. I would pick the Saints if we had fans down there in New Orleans because they yeah. are brutal. And oh, honestly, yeah. I would have picked. If you want me to be honest with you, buddy, I probably would have picked New Orleans kind of in a blowout. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like a like a thirty-eight to a twenty type of game, but. No, I'm not sure if New Orleans is having fans. I'm not exactly sure. But I'm like you. I mean, Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Kamara is good. But uh, it's one of those games, buddy, to where I could see either team winning. So, 
we'll see we'll see how that one goes. I'll be ready for that one. Absolutely. All right, so our eighth game here on the list is another West Coast game in the in the mid afternoon, and it's the it just kind of like Buffalo, kind of like the 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 hyped up young guys, the Arizona Cardinals versus the uh, San Francisco Forty ers And you might be shocked with what I'm going to say on this one, but I think I'm going to pick Arizona. Ooh, I think they're pretty. Right. I, I, I I do have a lot of question marks about Arizona's defense, but I think there's a lot of hype around Arizona. There's a lot of magic. In the in Kyler Murray, and they just acquired DeAndre Hopkins, uh, who's a stud. Uh, Kenyon Drake came on last year. That was a really really strong running back. So, uh, this is, I think this is going to be my biggest upset pick of the week. Uh, I'm going to pick the the Cardinals to beat the 49ers. Oh, and wow. I'm going to go. I'm going to go 27 to 23. Interesting. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with San Francisco, buddy, because I feel like they're probably one of the best teams in the NFC. But, I mean, I'm like you. I'm anxious to watch the Kyler Murray and DeAndre, buddy. That's going to be – watch out. That's going to be nasty. Mm -hmm. I just think it's going to be a little bit different. I think – I mean, San Francisco's defense is really good, but I – yeah. I tell you what, buddy, Arizona, they show up in prime games, buddy, especially against divisional opponents, just like the last show that we did about – predictions like i'm telling you buddy this team is going to finish about second or third it could be a flip-flop but mm-hmm. i'm telling you they show up especially when they went to seattle and beat them so mm-hmm. but i feel like san francisco is probably going to have a point to prove of why they're probably still one of the best teams in the nfc coming off of that super like probably honestly buddy one of the another embarrassing super bowl loss for kyle shanahan if you just want me to be honest with you so, I feel like they'll start off on the right track. But I'm like you, buddy. I think this one's going to kind of be like one of them back and forth. And I can see – I would not be surprised if Arizona pulled it out. But I just feel like uh, San Francisco defense is just loaded, buddy. I feel like they're, they'll find a way to get to Kyler Murray and kind of keep him contained to where he doesn't get DeAndre a lot, like a lot of touches like he used to at Houston. Mm-hmm. I still feel like he'll probably have like seven catches for probably about 90 to 100 yards. But I'm going to go with San Francisco. I'm going to go 28 and Arizona 24. Okay. Not bad. I mean, I can't argue with that pick. I mean, like I said, that's my one pick I'm going out on the limb on. So kind of sticking my neck out there for the Cardinals. But, uh, We'll see how it goes. All right, our last two games are two primetime games uh, for the first week, and we'll start with the Sunday night game. That is the Cowboys versus the Rams. Give me the Rams, and I don't even think – no, I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the medi- it's the mediocre Dallas Cowboys who will finish eight uh, Where's Daniel at when we need him? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, let me tell you, boys, that Prescott's going to throw for about 400 and – Probably run for about 150, and Zeke, the best running back in football. No, I I said Daniel, not Skip. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, buddy, I think this will will be a really competitive game. I'm anxious to see how a Mike McCarthy, even though I can't stand the Dallas Cowboys, uh, it'll be interesting to watch Mike McCarthy with Dak Prescott and uh, Zeke and now a C.D. Lamb with Amari Cooper. And, God, who's the tight end? 
Um, God, say, God, Cowboys. Get God. Where you at, DB? I need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I mean, is Jason Witten still? No, Jason. No, still he's with uh, Oakland now. Yeah. But I mean, I think that offense will be better. But defensive wise, I mean, I know Dallas has been probably in the middle of the pack, and I feel like this is going to be one of them years to where the Rams. I don't know, buddy. I mean, where's this game played at? Is it in Dallas or is it in LA? Uh, it's in nothing. Let me look and see. Uh, we are in the Rams. See, honestly, dude, I could see either one of these going either way. This is probably another tough game mm-hmm. that's going to be up there. But I tell you what, I hate to do this, but I will actually pick the Dallas Cowboys to win. Only because I feel like the Rams are a team of question. You don't mm-hmm. have a Todd Gurley. I'm not sure. You lost a couple of those pieces on defense. So I feel like Dallas – with Mike McCarthy now, I feel like he's been more of an offensive, you know, kind of a genius, especially when he was with Green Bay. He always had good schemes and play designs. So I actually feel like the Dallas Cowboys will start the year on a good note. So I will go Dallas at – I'm actually going to go kind of low. I'm going to go Dallas 20, and I will go with the Rams 17. Okay. You know, I, I kind of – uh agree with your stance there with the Rams because they're just that team for me this year that's kind of I'm out on. But -hmm. I don't really have a reason why, and I'm not saying that they're going to be scrubs and they're going to be terrible. I I think they're probably going to be an average team, but they're just not – they're not to me what they should be, and they're definitely not what they were two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. They've got Mm -hmm. dudes on that team. Uh, Don't get me wrong, but I think – I think they're just top-heavy. There's something about them that just is not right. To me, like, buddy, they only have, like, uh, Aaron yeah. Donald, and that's Aaron it. Donald and um, the the corner from Jack, the Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, yep. That's and, and, uh, and But, I mean, they're just top-heavy. Like, there's just something about them that I don't like. And uh, so I, I, I'm like you. I'm going to pick Dallas in this game. But I do think both teams are much uh, high-powered on offense. Um, so I will be. I'll give it a higher score than you. I'll go thirty-eight to thirty-one, Dallas. Okay. All right. I'll go thirty-one. Well, 30, I think thirty-eight. Think old DB would be Dallas. would probably be happy. He would approve. Old DB would approve. Hey, you know, we'll, we'll make when he's not here. We'll we'll talk about Dallas a little bit better. But when he when he when he's here on uh, Dallas, oh, no, oh, no, no. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I'm like you, buddy. I I gotta save my. See, now, Dallas, that'll be next week when I feed into them because that's our second game. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'll be ready for that one. Uh, but our last game here and the last uh, thing we'll talk about is the Monday night game for week one. And this one actually, buddy, was the easiest one for me. It's the Steelers <laughs> It's the Steelers versus Giants. And I'm just going to go out there. The Giants, yeah? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, all oh, right. Saquon Barkley is the only thing I respect about the New York Giants, and it's just I, I don't know. They're so I, I think they're one of those teams that it's just I don't know. I, I'm not even gonna get into it. I think this game is a blowout. Uh, the Steelers win this game, thirty-one to ten. Oh wow! I mean, I'm I'm just telling you, I think this game is gonna be over at in the third quarter. Big Ben's back, Juju's back. The Pittsburgh's defense is amazing. 
they're the best at getting sacks. Uh, they're the best at getting interceptions. Uh, so I, I, I'm going Steelers big in this one, Monday night game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make uh, old Mary <laughs> mad. I can't. I can't go against Pittsburgh because that's her team. Yep. And so I'm like you, buddy. I, I think a healthy Ben Roethlisberger to a Juju to a healthy, hopefully, what James Conner. Mm-hmm. So and Pittsburgh's like, defense is just loaded. Yeah, I mean, you've got TJ Watt, Bud Dupree. TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, man, was a huge trade for them. I'm, um, I'm, I'm like you, yeah. buddy. Especially with Ben coming off of injury, I think he's got something to prove because mm-hmm. I think a lot of us agree this is probably it for Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. He's, he's out to prove because there's a lot of people, even us on this small little podcast, that kind of it's all it's a question mark going into this year about him, and we've never had that before. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger has been consistently throughout his entire career named in a top mm-hmm. tier to top two tier quarterback, and you know he's got something to prove. You know, so yeah. I think I, I think they get it done Monday night. I agree with that. So, babe, you should be happy. So I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and buddy, I'm like you. I think they're going to win probably. 31. I'm going to go. I'm going to give the Giants 17 because I feel like Daniel Jones has a little bit of disrespect (laughs) because, buddy, there was a couple of games last year, man. He was on it. And even even in games, I will admit admit this. Yeah. Yeah. I will admit this. I I was wrong about Daniel Jones being a complete and total scrub when they drafted him last year (laughs) because I just thought that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life on national TV. But, uh, you know, I, he has proven that he can play. I still think he's got a little bit more to prove. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm not buying this Joe Judge. I, I could be complete. I could be completely wrong on the Giants, but I'm not buying Joe Judge. Uh, just getting a job as a after being a special teams coach. Um, I'm not buying the the Giants defense. Um, and I'm, I mean Saquon yeah. Barkley, like I said, is really the only thing that I truly buy on that team. So. I think I'm, uh, I'm, I, I think the Giants I've got probably is is they're going to be like one of the bottom four teams looking for that first pick. Yeah, I'm like you, buddy. I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of like you. I feel like it's more of a Saquon and a Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. and that's I mean they still have a what Sterling Shepard, so I I'm kind of like you, buddy. They just really don't have a lot of Mm-hmm. pieces there to really compete. So I'm like you. I mean it's just gonna be a blowout. So Pittsburgh thirty one, the New York Giants seventeen. All right. Well I've got all of our stuff written down here. Uh we'll definitely go over it next week and see which one of us done better. I'm I'm really excited for this. I think it's gonna make it even even more fun. I mean NFL season is going to be fun for us this year because we're gonna have a bunch of things to keep up with. Our own teams that we that we get emotionally attached with. Uh we got fantasy our draft mm-hmm. is tomorrow night, uh, so we get to keep up with that. And then if we do this little game with on our podcast right here, I don't know, we might have to bet a Coke or something on see who has the best season. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah, of that, I, I, I owe you one. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how it goes, buddy. But I'm like you. I'm excited for football. Mm-hmm. It's time to rise up, Atlanta. It's time to show all these doubters and haters that you know we can win more than five games and. I need a – I think a solid rebound from the nine is going to happen this weekend, even though it's at Richmond. So, 
I'm like you, buddy. We'll see. So I'm excited, man. We only Absolutely. got what a day, basically a day and a half, almost no. two days. Two so. more sleeps. Two more sleeps. <laughs> yep. And then Saturday, Saturday is when we'll, you know, be going to bed, and we're like, ah, I'm ready, but mm-hmm. I'm a little bit nervous just because of our matchups. And then mm-hmm. here in a here in a couple of weeks, oh, your boy here on Saturdays is gonna. That's that's yep. where it's at, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, that's what I was going to talk to you about. Uh, I mean, we had a good show this week, but I'm sure next week on our show, uh, God willing, we'll we'll get on here. We're going to talk a we'll, we'll talk about our picks from this coming week, and then we'll make our ten picks for for the for week two, and we'll also um, we'll probably dive into some more college football. I think that's when we we decided we would talk a lot more college football next week uh, because uh, I know my team plays the 19th, yours plays the week after that, and then everything's going to go again into full swing with there. We'll break down Richmond, uh, see if there's any more shockers uh, from that from the second playoff race, see who locks their way in, if we're going to have a surprise winner or if we're going to keep watching Kevin Harvick uh, and Denny Hamlin run away with the season. And then uh, any other headlines that, that may pop up from now until until next week. But uh, yeah. I had a good time yeah. tonight, my man. As, yeah, I did, buddy. And I'll leave you with this. Do I have the audacity <laughs> to pick – the Virginia Cavaliers next week on the show. I want you to think real hard about that. <laughs> uh, my my answer will probably strongly <laughs> probably be a no. Good choice, so. but yeah, it's been fun tonight. Uh, definitely can't wait to talk to next week. Uh, I'm really excited to talk some college football. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all I've got for you tonight, my man. Uh, from this time until next time, I guess we'll. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. Appreciate y'all listening. Peace out.